Welcome to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we discover our personal definition of wealth through conversations with talented and successful women who are living their version of a wealthy and meaningful life. Teresa Leftenant is owner of Reinventing Her Money, a boutique financial planning and wealth management company located on Mercer Island, Washington. Teresa is a licensed financial advisor and certified financial planner professional. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, SIPC. CFP and Certified Financial Planner, the Certified Financial Board of Standards Incorporated, owns these certification marks in the U.S., which it awards to individuals who successfully complete CFP Board's initial and ongoing certification requirements. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for an individual. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified professional. Our guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial, Teresa Lieutenant, or Reinventing Her Money. everyone. Welcome to episode four of A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we explore how women create a meaningful and abundant life on her terms. A wealthy life is not just about how much money we have in the bank. True wealth is found through pursuing a balance between all things that are important to us. And my mission on this show is to engage in casual yet deep conversations with experts who are living a wealthy life on her terms. We'll explore what it means to live a wealthy life and learn specific ways that our guests are doing just that. And as a certified financial planning professional, I'll be sharing tips and ideas to help you have the money you need to pursue your own version of a wealthy life. You know, I was working on some things uh, today and I realized that I'm playing around with a new way to, to talk about my life purpose. So I feel like my purpose right now in life is to empower and educate women to overcome any financial challenges they have so that they can pursue their purpose and enjoy that meaningful and wealthy life. You know, one of my passions is personal development and human transformation. I've been lucky enough to experience that in my own life, and that's why I have um, the wealthy life that I enjoy living. And I utilize what I've learned from expert coaches and trainers that I've worked with over the last 20 years in my relationship with my clients. I also stretch myself and learn more with some of the guests that I have on the program today. And my guest, Michelle Kaplan, and I are going to talk about how living a wealthy life is a mindset. That mindset includes that we, quote, be love with all in every, unquote. We're going to explore this concept during our conversation today. But first, according to a new study by Harvard Medical School, writing about our emotions can reduce our stress and anxiety, particularly when we're going through uh, a difficult uh, time like we are now or maybe from a traumatic event in the past. Lots of experiments support this finding that expressive writing can reduce the stress caused by daily challenges at work, how we try to pursue this balance in our life, uh, keep our health maintained, become more fit, care for our children, help our parents, now, some possibilities why this might be true is writing can help us organize our thoughts about these events, as well as regulate our emotions and break the cycle of that same thoughts going over and over in our mind that drives us crazy. Many studies found that when we write, we're more likely to open up to others about our experiences, as well as become more comfortable with what's happening to us. And that helps us be able to express our thoughts outwardly in our relationships with our loved ones and with our people, with our work uh, coworkers. Writing can be really cathartic, but it can also aid us in keeping track of different events or provide a different kind of window into understanding why we think the way we think or why we do the things we do. So writing can be a doorway to transformation. And transformation can be defined as a, as a dramatic shift in our well-being. 
The path of personal transformation is a process of becoming aware of our thoughts and feelings and how they lead us to act in certain ways and how we have the results that we experience. The great news is that when we have this awareness, then we have a process to change the experiences that we have if we don't like what we're, what we're living. And once we learn about how we quote work as a human being, we can just take more responsibility for our lives and ultimately learn how to create the life we truly wanna live, which I define it as a wealthy life. So writing can lead to transformation because it provides a great way to work through our feelings. It can help us figure something out about what we're living. And the art of writing helps us, our thoughts become more concrete, putting them in a form that shows us what our inner or authentic self is really trying to articulate. Writing encourages us to reflect on our lives, thus helping us really understand things, learn how to make better choices, and therefore reach that place where we have more peace of mind. So I'm excited to introduce my guest today because this is what we're going to talk about, the concept of how writing can lead to transformation. Michelle Kaplan is an author, a self-discovery coach, and a corporate poet. Michelle has over 30 years as a human resources professional with a focus on organizational effectiveness and leadership. Michelle's personal and professional experiences combined with her naturally in, her natural intuitiveness provide a uniquely contemporary and relevant perspective on subjects that human beings have been exploring for centuries. Through Michelle's work as a poet, author, and self-discovery coach, she helps her clients and readership release their fears from the limiting beliefs that hold them back from the things they want to do and the ways they want to feel as they create a wealthy life. Michelle authored and released her book, And A Love Story Within, in the fall of 2018, and it was recognized as Amazon's number one hot new release for inspirational poetry. Michelle's second book, Burst and Flourish, is in final production with an early summer release date. So I'm so honored to welcome my friend and one of my mastermind partners, Michelle Kaplan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Teresa. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Oh, I'm really excited to talk to you about writing and self-discovery, transformation. But before we get into it, I just want to ask how are things going for you? You live in New Jersey. You have a, a daughter. How, how, how's life in this new reality? Yes. I mean, I, I think in the, you know, we're going into the fourth week now, right? Uh, I'm working from home, homeschooling my daughter. Um, I'm grateful for that opportunity. I know so many people are um, experiencing it, um, this this virus, either physically um, or financially as well. And the first couple of days, it was a, it was a lot of juggling with um, being on a conference call, helping with homeschooling. I feel like I was making like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with my feet, you know. <laughs> it was a crazy time. So I think at this point, now that it's been a couple of weeks in, uh, and unfortunately, we're, we're trying to create some normalcy with with this whole Isn't thing. it interesting how a human being can really adjust to what might be described as difficult circumstances, but, you know, we do learn how to adjust. We learn how to make it work for ourselves, and I'm sure you're like me. I just can't get over how fortunate I am compared to many of the people that we read about and hear about that yes. are really suffering. Yes, definitely. So let's talk. Um, I always like to ask all my guests to describe what a wealthy life is for you, Michelle. How do you describe that? Mm, that's a, I'm much broader in a sense. I mean, I know that, um, and as well as for you, um, that we typically think of financial prosperity and obviously that's very important. But I know folks who are, say, wealthy, I guess from a financial perspective, 
and they lead pretty unhappy lives. It's not something that I'm necessarily trying to emulate in that regard. And so I kind of brought it in out and really focus on not only the financial piece, but also health and relationships, which happen to be the two things that money can't buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's much broader in a sense. And as, as you mentioned with my book, and, and to me means all, um, everything is very purposeful and really coming from a mindset and really a heart set as well of um, abundance that uh, instead of looking at things from a sense of lack or scarcity, it really does change the perspective when you realize there is really enough for everybody. And one of the um, poems I, I have really explains that, and it's called A Love Worth Waiting For. And it's really about being authentic and true. Truth is love. Love is truth. To find truth, be love with all in every. That is and. Love isn't linear. Neither is time. Love transcends time. Time transcends love. Time travel is possible through the currents of love. Love of self, love of others, love of this world. A love worth waiting for that's here now. Every time I hear you read a poem, I notice that I just start smiling and (laughs) I just sort of look off into the distance and let the words just sort of wash into me. And um, I, I think that's why writing per se, but specifically for you, poetry is, is a useful vehicle for, for learning more about ourselves, what we call self-discovery. So tell us how you discovered or even, you know, began writing poetry. Yes, I, you know, a few years ago, I had this crazy day and I've always been drawn to writing, though I've never really wrote anything uh, in particular, you know, anything being published or things like that. It's just something I was always kind of drawn to. And I just started writing and I don't know, like pages were filled with all these words. And I was rereading what I wrote because I was just trying to find clarity in how I was feeling. It was almost like one of those days. It wasn't like this big epiphany. It was more like the last straw type of day. And I just had to figure things out for myself and um, and having that abundant life, like in all areas of my life. And when rereading those pages that I wrote really did not help me get clear. It almost was like all the clutter that was in my mind was actually now on paper. So it was kind of like, oh, right. (laughs) That's why I'm not feeling really abundant and clear. Mm -hmm. And I did it for a while though. I didn't give up because I, I felt there was something there, but it just wasn't helping me. And a couple of weeks in, I did the same process and wrote. And this time, as I'm rereading what I wrote, I noticed that certain words, a phrase, it almost like it came off the page. So if you're looking at like an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper filled with words, it was like every other line was kind of these, is I actually like raised and almost like in bold. So what I did was I um, grabbed a clean sheet of paper And I just started writing those words and phrases down. And that really became the beginning of, I didn't even call it poetry at that time. I called them like my little vignettes. Um, Because once I I read, it's almost like those words really captured like the essence of what I was trying to capture. And it really did calm me down and, and clear things up for me. So I really stumbled upon it by accident. You know, I was uh, thinking that we do tend to turn to writing if we're not normal writers. Uh, we turn to writing when we are feeling overwhelmed, when we feel, oh, my goodness, I just have to figure out what's going on with me. I just can't stand the way I feel. And I know for me, I've always been assigned by my coaches, okay, journal about your feelings. But unless I feel that 
urge inside to really dump it all out of myself, I find the habit of journaling, you know, just, it, it just doesn't turn me on. Yeah. So um, I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, let's explore that a little bit, because I'm sure our listeners are familiar with journaling. Many people journal every day, and I have a great deal of respect for people who do. So let's talk about journaling versus poetry when we come back in just a moment to A Wealthy Life for Her. What people are saying about the book and A Love Story Within by Michelle Kaplan. Although a deeply personal story woven together poem by poem and A Love Story Within is amazingly relatable and universal, automatically inviting the reader to contemplate their own soul's adventure. It put words to my own personal experiences that I had not found for myself. And it will support you on your journey of true self-discovery and transformation. And A Love Story Within, available now on Amazon and Audible. Reinventing Her Money was born in 2003 with the vision of expanding services beyond traditional wealth management to include financial literacy, money mindset, and empowerment coaching for professional women who have unique challenges to becoming financially independent. Start your journey towards pursuing a financial life on your own terms at reinventinghermoney.com. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIP. Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. Hi, welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Lieutenant and my guest, Michelle Kaplan, author and self-discovery coach. And we're talking about writing as a means to um, discover yourself and um, move yourself through transformation. So before the break, we were talking about how you discovered poetry. And so how did you make this change from just dumping all of your feelings or journaling to actually writing poetry? Yeah, so once I had that um, moment of just taking uh, just a few words off the page and then really capturing them, I didn't have to go back and do that again. I really realized, I mean, I felt the clarity. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was I just started capturing words, um, things like really sitting in my feelings and then just capturing what was coming up for me. And it's amazing because poets love words. We love to marinate in words. You know, everything is very purposeful. And what I found really amazing was that poetry was really matching my personal mantra. You know, here's a, here's a chance of me trying to get clear in my life and to be authentic. And I kept saying to myself, I want to know what the truth is. Like the truth, you know, just keep it simple and keep it real, Michelle. Like just keep it real simple and keep it real. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting how poetry is really that. Um, but I didn't even realize that it was poetry. And mm -hmm. I um, shared, I, I, you know, at, at some point, you know, I was writing this stuff. This is actually becoming like my diary. And I wasn't really sharing it with many people. But at one point I shared with my brother who was very creative and also, you know, somebody I trust. And I said, you know, Hey, I'm writing and I would love to get your opinion on a few things I just wrote. And he replied back after reading it, like the next day on email, like Michelle, I think you're a poet and you don't even know it. I mean, I really wasn't calling it poetry at that point. Remember when we used to say that back when we yeah. said, hey, you're a poet and you don't know it. But somebody actually said that to you, you know, in a serious way. And how did that feel? Did you like get this big burst of an aha when he said that? I did. I, I guess at some level you do know it. But, you know, for me, it's like, you know, thinking back to English class, very classical poetry. Mine is a totally different style. So yes, I, I recognize that. And it's interesting because as I kept writing and things like that, people 
were kind of saying to me, you know, Michelle, if, if this is something you're going to put out in the world, you know, poetry doesn't really sell. <laughs> um, poetry isn't really popular right now. And I'm like, that might be, but I, again, I'm, I'm looking for truth and authenticity and this is how I express myself. And I'm really okay with that. And, and then really that wasn't really correct anyway. So you, you felt like this is just yours. You weren't going to share it. So what led you to uh, think, well, maybe I will share it. That must've been a little challenging. Yes, because, you know, the, these poems were written, um, I get up very early in the morning. Uh, you know, I have a very busy life working full time. I have a daughter I'm raising on my own. Um, uh, you know, I've got things going on. So it really grounded me and I did it early in the morning. So these were things that I would not share with others because I really had the sense, Teresa, of like, if people really knew what I was thinking and feeling, then like no one would ever speak to me again, you know, <laughs> it was completely vulnerable, which I really wasn't um, seeking. It was really just helping me at that point. But one day I was in a corporate setting and there were two people that were uh, not agreeing on a business decision. And I was brought on to kind of mediate, oh, you know, as a coach to um, help them, you know, come to come come to some resolution. And as they're going back and forth and back and forth, like it was really getting to the point where nothing was kind of moving in the conversation. And internally, I kept getting these like gentle nudges to share a poem that I had just written the day before, which was very personal. It was something that happened with me and my daughter. And I, of all poems, I wasn't going to share, but especially like this one. But I really kept getting nudged inside to read it. So finally, I, I just learned to just trust that voice. And um, I asked the two, can I please read you something and see if this helps the conversation? I'm, I'm not really sure where this is going. Now, they were very happy. Like, yes, please. Like, let's get us back to the conversation. <laughs> please save me. Please. Um, and this is the poem I read. And it's called Wordless. As soon as I picked her up from school, I knew something was wrong. My sweet, loving daughter, who usually greets me with a running hug, was quiet, forlorn, eyes downcast. She waited until we got home to bear her soul. She was left out, excluded from playing with the group. It hurts. I know. I had a similar day. Why do they do that, she whispers. I look into her big, beautiful eyes, brimming with tears. I wish I could tell her the many reasons, all of which have nothing to do with her, but she wouldn't understand. I wish I could tell her something reassuring, like it'll stop when she gets older, but I don't because that's not true. Right now, in this very moment, what does she need most from me? Instinctively, I slide over to her side of the couch, scoop her up in my arms and hug her tightly, tears streaming down my face now as well. We hold on to each other for dear life, for some time, taking in each other's essence. Sometimes there are just no words. So after I read that poem, it was pretty quiet in the room. And I could tell that they were both reflecting on the poem and what it meant to them. And it changed the whole conversation. Mm -hmm they really were kind of um, one kind of shared that, wow, that's not how I'm showing up for you. Another, like the whole tone and voice changed. And it was really my moment of awe at the fact that these poems could actually be used for self-discovery, especially in a corporate setting. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, the conversation ended with resolution mm -hmm. and it really started changing their relationship kind of going forward. And I really was just, it was a very powerful moment for me. 
Well, what I, I mean, I love that poem so much because it just, I mean, it almost puts you in a trance and, uh, you know, we're all human beings struggling with similar feelings. That poem it can, must have brought those two people together because they realized that they were humans together first and that they didn't have to keep disagreeing, that they had more in common than they thought. Uh, what a beautiful uh what a beautiful support for your gift that you were given that influence over people and that you had such positive re resolution. That must have felt amazing. It really did. It really did. And so that's why I was kind of like, okay, I guess I need to get this out in the world. And I have someone I know I trust. And he was really um, more than encouraging me, like kind of saying, you really need to start sharing this stuff out there. And I, I knew he was right. But you, you know, I had, I guess I had to start writing about that a little bit about getting that out there. So, you know, poetry can be very effective uh, for help, you know, hearing the poetry, hearing the poem can help you self reflect and then writing it as well. So, how did you begin to then bring that to the world, that gift, that tool for self discovery? Yeah, so you know, I really started using it in um, corporate settings, uh, coaching. Um, you know, poetry is really interesting. It's a great vehicle for self-discovery. And what you know, as I started repeating that, and you know, getting comfortable with myself, you know, there's a couple of reasons why it is so powerful. One is that you know, there, you know, poetry is really the experience of us as as humans, and in a sense, it really captures universal themes. You know, it, a lot of times poems will have certain details that might not be relatable, but underneath there's a universal theme that everyone kind of, you know, connects with. And that's pretty powerful. As well as po poetry, there is no right answer to poetry. Poetry is an art. And just like um, seeing a painting on a wall, um, a photograph, music, it really meets you where you're at in your life. So a lot of times people ask me, well, what does that poem mean for you? And I'll, I'll tell people, but I usually want to hear what they have to say first, because there is no right answer. Uh, in a sense, it's really your interpretation um, of, of where you're at in your life at that moment. And it also is powerful for self-discovery because it really gets you out of your head. I mean, I mean, if like analytically, if you could answer all your questions in one fell swoop, then, you know, you wouldn't, you know, you'd have all the answers to your problems and issues and obstacles. But poetry is nonlinear, and it really taps into um, that intuitive side, that perceptiveness inside of you that really does know the answers, and it really draws it out. Um, and so it's very, very creative. Right. It gives us the opportunity to inquire, doesn't it? And especially regarding ourselves. You know, we have these five senses that reacts to everything out in the world. And, you know, we tend to think externally, like that's affecting me, that person or this experience, when in actuality, we, we really aren't um, encouraged in our, in our culture to do much introspection. You know, you and I, we found we found that we really like to do that uh, through some experiences that happened to us in our lives. And so it isn't like self-serving in any way. It's just that incredible getting to know the layers and the depth of being a human being. And, and of course, then being a woman. And what mm -hmm. does that, uh, what, what do those layers in that, that um, I, I call them our inner our inner superpowers, our inner abilities that we're born with, how do we bring those to our lives in order to sort of craft this really uh, purposeful, amazing, meaningful life? Yes, yeah, because at the end of the day, it could be just as something as simple as you, when you, it's sometimes it's hard to see it within ourselves, but just hearing someone else's story, again, through poetry um, or any other writings, it really kind of reflects back on to the individual. Right. And I know that you have been, uh, so this, this journey you've been on, we're going to talk in a, in a little bit about, you know, you're publishing your first book and, um, 
how that's just, you know, exploded in terms of the changes it's made in your life. But but you work in corporate America and yeah. you have a um, fairly high position in your company and you also serve as a coach in your company. So how has your poetry now intersected with that corporate coaching that you do? Well, I think that, you know, the poetry, um, you know, mostly in like with some of the private coaching and things I do, you know, from a corporate perspective, what's really interesting, and it's interesting because I work with uh, men and women, um, and it's really interesting when I bring up, I, I use poetry in addition to a lot of different coaching tools. I usually ask somebody, can I read something? Because I, I'm hearing as I'm coaching uh, people that I'm, I'm hearing the universal themes. I'm hearing the I'm not enough. Um, I feel less than. I don't know if I feel worthy to do this job, those types of things. And it triggers in me, I'll, I'll hear a line from one of my poems. And that's my sense of, you know, can I share this with you? And, and we could kind of dissect it and see what it means for you. Um, and so it's a great coaching tool for, for people. And then when they tap into that intuitive side, they, you know, it really is, it's almost like an emo, emotion, emotional intelligence type of tool. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's team building, relationships with others, you know, people want to be more innovative and creative at work. It really is amazing what does surface. And typically the reaction from, um, you know, men and women, more, more men are kind of like poetry. Uh, you want to read a poem? Okay. You know, <laughs> it's like, mm, I don't know. But then after I read it, um, or sometimes when I have like a book signing, and uh, a man will come up and say, you know, can you know, this is for, uh, very loud. We'll say that this is for his wife or for his daughter or something like that. And then when I ask him, like, who should I make, who, you know, as I'm signing it, who should I write this out to? And they'll kind of whisper to me, like, hey, it's my, my name's Mike, you know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, you want me to make this for you? Like, out for you? And, and it's so fun. They're like, I like poetry. <laughs> it's like all these closet you know, poets out there. We we really have these uh, I don't know divisions in our mind like men shouldn't uh, men don't particularly like to express their emotions or you know they don't want that side of themselves to be revealed or tapped but that's you know that is I think something we could perhaps uh, challenge ourselves on because as long as we hold men in that space then you know we can't see them differently. So I think it's it's really great to hear that men are just stepping out and saying, you know, this poet, this po your poetry, Michelle, is really affecting me in a way that is helping me or makes me feel better. That's that's wonderful. Uh, what I was also noticing as you were describing that is that poetry can help us get out of our head and into our heart, and that is where the inner answers are uh, to yeah. the, as you say, those themes of humanity that we that we all explore at some point in our lives. And of course, you know, right now we're in a particular time when a lot of questions are coming up for people. You know, how am I supposed to react in this? Uh, how, how am I supposed to behave? And what do I really believe in? And what are my values? Those kinds of things. Yes. And that's really, you know, tying back to an abundant life. I mean, that really is, it's like somehow with the poetry and discussing it, it whether one-on-one -on -one with myself or, you know, somebody's doing it alone in the room and they could read a poem and kind of dissect it for themselves. Or for me, when I do like poetry readings, it usually is, is much more interactive than me just reading the poems. Again, just trying to um, have people kind of dissect that and, you know, process it. And what does it, it mean for them? It really brings up the uh, things underneath that are, that might even be the root cause for some of the issues. And it kind of brings it up to more a conscious level and it really helps people. It really clears those limiting beliefs and things that are holding them back. And so they can have an abundant life. Well, it's all about um, finding that point of discussion where a person can break through whatever thought ha has been holding them back. I mean, I I'll, we call them aha moments or breakthroughs. So this is just another um, tool, 
another opportunity. Yes. Uh, before we take another break, I want you to just um, give us a little bit of an explanation about how you decided to write your first book. And I think you have one more poem to read. Yeah. So um, when I realized that these poems were uh, shareable, that, you know, and it's really about I was looking for truth and being authentic and this is who I am. And so I had that confidence. I started building that up, but it wasn't right away. Cause like I said, these were very personal poems for me. And, you know, when you put your things out there out in the world, especially as any artist in any form, you know, knows, you know, you're going to be critiqued. I mean, there, there is going to be a process and not everyone's going to like it. And I just had to be okay with that before I put that out. I wasn't really, wasn't trying to, I was trying to share what was coming out through me um, and not be so, not trying to write something to please everybody else. Cause it's like, good luck with that. Right. But I realized like the, the issues was coming up was um, vulnerability for me mm -hmm. and, you know, being out there and vulnerable. And at one point, you know, right as the book was about to come out, like I had, I put the book together. I don't even know, never published a book. So that was a learning process in itself, but I figured it out and I'm sure it took longer than probably um, I, I thought it was going to, but that's okay. And it was interesting because um, one, one night right before the book was coming out, I wrote this and it really expresses the kind of like uh, humorous angst of really, you know, like coming out, it being my truthful, authentic self. And the poem is called Boulder. Oh no, not that. I'd rather chew glass or poke a fork in my eyeball than that. I mean, really, just take a Sharpie and write sucker on my forehead. I thought being bolder meant being unapologetically outspoken. But no, it's much riskier than that mostly leading to headaches and heartache. Being bolder means being vulnerable. Yep, that's the worst. Boy, isn't that the case. <laughs> <laughs> I but guess it helped me, like I said, I, I wrote it and then I was like, well, here we go. This is what we're doing. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I, of course, you know, you know, I'm your number one fan. So uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask Michelle to be bold and help us um, understand a little bit of how she's worked through some of her early life experiences through her poetry. So we'll be right back to a wealthy life for her. And A Love Story Within, authored by Michelle Kaplan, is a self-transformational book written in poetic verse that shares her personal journey in the universal search for acceptance, belonging, and connectedness. And A Love Story Within was recognized as Amazon's number one hot new release for inspirational poetry. And A Love Story Within, available now on Amazon and Audible. Professional women face unique challenges from financial and life circumstances that threaten their long-term financial security. Women earn less than men, live an average five years longer, take time out from their careers to raise children, and are less confident making financial choices. Are you ready to solve the challenges that are robbing you of financial independence? Visit ReinventingHerMoney.com and schedule a chat with a female financial planner who cares. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Lieutenant and my guest, author Michelle Kaplan, who, uh, who um, published a book of poetry in 2018 called And, A Love Story Within. And she's about to produce her second, or publish rather, her second uh, poetry book 
But Michelle, I'd like to, you know, you and I have been friends for years. We know a lot about each other's past. We know how we have really worked hard at transforming ourselves and evolving. Uh, We've built businesses together. So if you don't mind being bold, uh, tell us a little bit about those times in your life when you were feeling a little less abundant than you are now. Yes. So um, a lot of times when people meet others, you know, where they are at a certain point, you know, they don't realize what kind of goes in, um, what's behind all that. And for me, you know, my, my first years in life, I mean, I have a loving family. We're very close and um, life was fine. You know, I guess until my thirties when um, I was divorced and with no children, we, we just, it was just the two of us. And then after the divorce, about a year and a half later, um, I was uh, 37 when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, stage two, and went through chemo and radiation and um, several surgeries, things like that. And so, you know, that is a life-changing event. And one of the things I always wanted to do was to be a mom. And uh, unfortunately, when I was done with treatments, I mean, luckily, I, I mean, I, I was in remission. And so thank God that 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 worked out. But one of the side effects of uh, chemo uh, when you're in your 30s, when you're young like that, is that it could put you into permanent menopause. And uh, that is what happened for me. So Mm -hmm. I kind of left a doctor's office kind of knowing that I would never be able to give birth Mm -hmm. to a child. And that was pretty devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did write, you know, during those times, not poetry per se, but just to kind of get clear about that. And, um, but, you know, one of the chemos, um, like, you know, when you're going through it, it is cumulative and it was kind of like in the middle of my treatments, um, as I kind of felt like my body was like shutting down, it was kind of like, you know, it was like a four or five month period. And I say it was like the second month in, um, I was kind of, you know, going to sleep and feeling the effects of the drugs. And again, that small whisper, I guess, you know, it was just very weakened, but I just knew, I just kind of said to myself, if I get through this, I want to be a mom. Mm. So, you know, here I am now, um, almost a year later, you know, getting the news that, okay, I can't give birth. And, and so again, abundant life is, is not really compromising on the what that you really is truly important in your life, but being more flexible with the how they're going to, that's going to come true. And so I realized I needed to start the adoption process. And, um, you know, I was concerned about the financial being on my own, you know, financial and childcare issues and things, but I started, um, going about, you know, exploring it. And unfortunately, you know, even, you know, adoption agencies in the United States and Russia and Vietnam, Korea, China, I mean, I tried them all. Um, and it wasn't necessarily that I was single, but it was because of my medical history. You know, I was only a year out from cancer right. and I wanted to wait five years and I didn't want to wait anymore. So I told everybody my dream and, you know, it wasn't really coming true. Right. It's not like it just you, you put it out there and then it just happens. And um, but then one day someone asked me about how the adoption process was going. I told them, yeah, not so good, really. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I really didn't want to talk about it, to be honest. And they were like, oh, well, my neighbor, she um, just adopted a little boy from Guatemala. And I was like, oh, I, I didn't really explore that. So I, you know, of course asked, can I speak with her? So I did. And, you know, they were, they were really fine with my, as long as my oncologist was kind of, you know, that you're in remission. Um, and so, I mean, that is really what happened. I started the process and really, was just added and my uh daughter mia was um you know eight months old when she uh we uh, flew with my parents to guatemala and brought her um home and she's now 13 so it's been many years um and so in a sense it's like you know even in those times when you don't feel abundant you know here it's like you know divorce doesn't make you feel great you know cancer um is also you know, a real hit to you. And it's like, and then not having a dream come true. um, You know, it was really on all these different levels. I really didn't feel abundant at that time. 
I totally understand. And I don't you think it's, there are times when we feel less abundant and times when we feel more abundant, but mostly we learn during the times when things aren't going our way. So uh, do you want to read your poem about yes. how you brought little Mia into your life? I love this poem. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, so many times people will say to me, my God, you're such a manifester. It's like, you just like kind of, and I, there's a lot of work. <laughs> goes into it um but it's really about you know believing um that it's going to happen and like i said just not really compromising so much on the what but on the how how and the when where you know those types of things because we really don't have control over it and so one time i wrote something down and this poem is called the manifester and uh this is really this this is my big secret everybody this is how i just get about and, you know, get a book out there, adopt a child, um, mm -hmm. those types of things. Sure, there's a magical, mystical component to all this, but I can't explain it to you. It's just something I feel like playing the kids game hot and cold. I get colder the farther away and warmer the closer I get to the, des to the desired. All I know in making the impossible possible is to chunk down my dreams, hopes, and wishes from an overwhelming, unrealistic place into something believable in the form of small, actionable steps. If you do that multiple times, every day, day after day, something's bound to happen. Isn't that true? It's um, having a dream and uh, believing that it's possible, taking action and then allowing it into your life. Yes. So we only have a few minutes left. I uh, can't imagine. I always am surprised how fast the time goes when I'm having such a great conversation. But what would you recommend that our listeners do to feel abundant and live a wealthy life? I think it's rediscovering what that um, what you're truly passionate about, or if you do know, to just really do that on if you can, even on a daily or some type of regular basis. It doesn't necessarily have to be writing. Uh, there's creativity in um, anyone's work, but it's really the thing that you just like lose all sense of time. You know, just get really super focused, and you just kind of get lost in. To have that type of creativity, that kind of core genius is, is really what will, from there, it will stem out into um, an abundant life. You know, so many times it's like, for me, again, it's like the, the feeling of love. Love is such a creative expression. It's a very powerful energy. Mm -hmm. So really coming from that place. Um, and one of the... Um, poems that I read probably almost daily, you know, in that regard about, you know, being abundant and really just doing a check for myself is something called, um, if I was lovable, mm. if I was lovable, what would I wear? What would I eat? What music would I listen to? Where would I go? Who would I hang out with? How would I show up? What would get my attention? What would I act on? What would I ignore? And would it look like today? Oh, okay. I'm going to have to get off now and just really start writing. Uh, <laughs> you've, you know, you, every time I listen to your poems, you just really touch off some desire in me to allow myself to just. Uh, open up and become, you know, who I'm meant to be. And of course, that's a never ending story. So I want to thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing your poetry and your story with us today. If you want to learn more about Michelle's poetry books and private coaching, visit www.burstandflourish.com. And if you're really curious about how your financial situation might be impacted by the coronavirus and the volatility in the markets, please visit my website, reinventinghermoney.com. Thank you for listening and being a part of our Wealthy Life for Her mission. 
I know you have many shows to listen to, and I'm grateful when you choose ours. If you enjoyed yourself, please share the show with your friends. And I want to thank Alexis Lieutenant Gregory, who composed our theme music, Eric, my producer, the support staff at Financial Advocates, and everyone at KKNW 1150 AM. Next week, our guest will be Tracy Klinkroth, founder of Chick Chat, The Power of She. I look forward to being with you then. Thanks for, for spending some time with us today. See you next week. Teresa is founder of Reinventing Her Money and author of Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue, and capitalize on their next chapter. Available on Amazon. She is a certified financial planner and wealth advisor for professional women who aspire to a wealthy and financially independent life. Learn more at ReinventingHerMoney.com. to the American Medical Association study on how women physicians are prepared for retirement, over half of women physicians believe they have unique or more complicated financial needs than their peers in other professions. Teresa Lieutenant believes that every high-earning woman deserves a truly personalized, not cookie-cutter financial plan, so she will have the best chance of pursuing her vision for a happy, healthy, and wealthy life. Explore your financial potential by joining our mailing list at ReinventingHerMoney.com. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. What people are saying about the book and A Love Story Within by Michelle Kaplan. Although a deeply personal story woven together poem by poem and A Love Story Within is amazingly relatable and universal, automatically inviting the reader to contemplate their own soul's adventure. It put words to my own personal experiences that I had not found for myself. And it will support you on your journey of true self-discovery and transformation. And A Love Story Within, available now on Amazon and Audible.